What are the Chiefs going to do with their major contracts? It's not just the prospects to get evaluated and worked on this week in Indy. Matt Derrick's there on the ground checking it out. We're going to get to that today on Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Mr. Matt Derrick, editor of ChiefsDigest.com and a, and a heckler to be named later. How are you doing in Indiana? <laughs> uh, doing pretty well, Ryan. Uh, so far, the only thing I've had to eat is Waffle House and some cold pasta salad from a convention center. So You're I need to get out of experience really in Indianapolis here pretty soon. <laughs> So uh, Elmo's is on a corner somewhere. Um, I cannot right. tell you exactly where it is, but hey, um, this is fun. I'm glad that you made it. I had intended to go and, and couldn't quite get there. So I'm, I'm really relieved to have one of us on the ground there because a lot got said and hinted at. And what was it? A total of uh, 24 minutes at the podium between <laughs> Andy Reid and Brett Veach. A lot to take away from that today, right? Yeah, you know, uh, there are 15 minute windows and, and Andy actually showed up early. So they, oh. they got everything out of the way pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, you know, and, and at least the Chiefs give us an opportunity for the lo- local reporters to be able to, to talk with those guys off to the side, too. So get to discuss some issues that, you know, don't get discussed on the podiums and go into depth and some other things. So, yeah, it, that that is nice. And, and, you know, this is a different combine. I mean, uh, at least right now, the the crowds are down from what they are in the past. Um, it's a little bit different atmosphere, but you certainly get the sense that, especially from the the coaches and the GMs like Andy and Brett, that they're certainly happy to release some normalcy to this year to the draft process. I, I can only imagine. And uh, I thought the questioning was was pretty normal. It seemed like it was a lot of the local guys, not too many out of left field national reporters there. But you can always hold your breath. What was your biggest takeaway before I start jumping into my questions? Well, I think the the first one right off the bat was just what Andy Andy Reid spent the, his first moment. I mean, uh, he jumped into his time at the podium immediately to talk about Eric Bieniemy, um, the reports that there's friction between Bieniemy and Reid and and Patrick Mahomes, and didn't get very far into it before he used the word fabricated, uh, completely dismissing the reports. Um, later in the scrum with us, you know, he said he didn't really know where those reports originated. Um, but I thought it was a pretty forceful, you know, position from from Andy about what he thought about the, the reports of friction and, and maybe some dysfunction in the organization. I mean, he's at this point completely dismissing it, um, saying that, that everybody's works well together, that they're very happy now to have Matt Nagy in, the, in, the, in, in there as well, and that they're ready to roll. So uh, I, I think at this point, you can probably put a lot of that story behind the Chiefs. And, and hey, from this point forward, you have to. So regardless of what everybody thought before. That's got to be the attitude going forward. Interesting, we talked about uh, the Nagy acquisition yesterday, Chris and I, and I, I'm interested in your take and if you got any kind of feel from anybody down there about how the three of them, Reed, Yenemy, Nagy, uh, are going to be able to kind of redefine what their previous relationship was. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was interesting because, I mean, Andy, without even really you know, being, asking about it specifically, brought up continuity. And and I think that's a big part of this that they do like about it is that, you know, you, you lose Mike Kafka, who would obviously have been there the last few seasons. But now you get someone with the experience of Matt Nagy to come in here and and do that position. And it's obviously as a comfortable and working relationship with, with Patrick Mahomes. Certainly this would not happen if Mahomes wasn't excited about it. 
Um, all those guys know each other. And yeah, I, I get that there's been questions and, and certainly maybe legitimate questions about whether the Chiefs need some outside voices or, or voice, you know, new voices in the, in the offensive workroom. But, you know, for Andy, I, I think that the continuity and just having the, the shorthand that those guys have together and the relation, the working relationship that they have to him is important. And it's a bigger deal than maybe some other things. So I, I still think that they're probably going to try and find a way to work in new ideas and new concepts and, and bring some fresh air into the offense. But for them, just the having that set together again, I, I think for Andy is a big, big plus. I, I think it should be too for the whole thing. And, and I keep coming back to the fact that lessons learned as a head coach often come back and make you a wiser coordinator, or in this case, quarterback coach that has obviously the continuity aspect to, to bring back the old, you know, put the band back together, but has a fresh take on some of those things that I think will still allow evolution of, of what the offense and Patrick can do. Yeah. I mean, you know, not only, Hey, Matt Nagy had a little bit different flavor of an offense that he was running in Chicago. So there's certainly going to be things that he learned and concepts that he's picked up and things that he's expanded on that are going to be different from the last time around. But at the same time, I mean, uh, I think you can count and rely on, on Matt Nagy as being a, a fresh voice as far as an outside perspective. He hasn't been around the last few years. So when he's looking at film, he's looking at tape, it's going to be fresh eyes, you know, someone who hasn't seen everything before and is and can, you know, and, and I think that he's got the relationship with Andy where he will be frank and be able to, you know, point out where he thinks that things are right and things are wrong. That's something that, you know, was a big part of, you know, when he was in Kansas City that I, I think that they had a obviously a, a group to put together the offense and put together the game planning that had that collaborative process. So, yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I think that what experience that, that Matt picked up in Chicago absolutely should help him this second time around. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to get into more of the details and who will be playing in this offense. A couple of question marks still to come, as well as the defensive side after I tell you about some of our pals. Football season might be over, but basketball is picking up steam, and all the pro and college hoops are going right now. March Madness is on the way as well. Lots of odds, totals, player performances, props, anything you can think of where you want to know what is the odds to lay, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting action. It doesn't necessarily have to be basketball either. It can be any kind of sports, hockey, boxing, UFC, pro soccer, anything out there that you want to put some action on, you can do it. BetOnline remains the best place for all of your sports scores and podcasts and news this season, next season, and every season. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action and get the news that you need to be smart about laying your odds at BetOnline, where the game starts. So a couple of pointed questions revolve around the big contract questions, as you expect they would. Uh, for me, I thought, the most interesting takeaway was uh, was Veach's answer on Orlando Brown that that the tag is certainly likely as we've theorized, but it's not out of the question. Um, is that just covering your bases? Do you think there's really a, a reality where they could get a contract together for Orlando Brown? I, uh, as we talk about, hey, is, is there a multiverse in which it happens? Absolutely. <laughs> um, is it likely? I mean, out of 14 million scenarios, is it you know the majority of them? No. Um, more than probably more than probably one. Uh, but no, I mean, between you know, remember, you have until March 8th to get a deal done or otherwise, you know, you have to use the franchise tag. It's just part of the leverage. So um, that has to get done. So, no, the, the likelihood of a deal getting done by March 8th seems unlikely, which I think is why exactly you heard Brad Beach use the word that franchise tag is likely to be used. Um, 
one's more likely than the other. And the franchise tag, yeah, is is more uh, to me. It sounds certainly more likely than a long term deal. Although a long term deal before the season starts, that's a different question. Yeah, I, I certainly see this just only reinforced and kudos to Brett Veach for being mostly honest in a, in a place where he doesn't have to do that. Uh, that that tag's going to come, and maybe you can still work something out on the backside of the draft or later in the summer or whatever. Uh, and pull that and do whatever you do. Uh, organizing and, and negotiating in faith can sometimes lead to some of those things. They're rare, but they happen. So that leaves me with the defensive side of the ball. And the question marks there, what was the biggest outstanding comment about some of the big questions of what they have to do in terms of moves on the defensive side? Yeah, clearly uh, the, the two biggest question marks are with Tyron Matthew and, and Frank Clark. And one of them under contract and one is not. And and really the question with Tyron Matthew is, you know, is there a likelihood of a deal getting done or him testing free agency and and talking with Brett Veach and certainly in the conversation he had with us, local reporters after the podium, uh, you know, he's like at this point, you know, Ty, Tyron Matthew is too close to testing free agency not to do it. So it makes too much sense at this point for him not to see what other offers are out there. And, and I think certainly maybe not even between the lines. I think Brett Veach even told us and as, as much as he possibly could or would tell us that hey, there's a, a only there's a only so high that they're willing to go and can go for Tyron Matthew under the salary cap pro. So I, I think that Brett Veach, if you parse his statements today, what he's telling us, he's he's certainly saying there's more money for Tyron Matthew out there in free agency. If if he stays in Kansas City, it's not going to be because the Chiefs made in the made in the highest offer. That deal's not coming from the Chiefs. Yeah, and that that may get him some goodwill as well. I thought Coach Reed's comments about him. Uh, about how he fits and how he's admired around the organization. I think that certainly fits in maybe trying to to help ease down that number that could get a bit of a discount. Well, and, you know, and, and Andy said it. I mean, if, if it weren't for the stinking salary cap, um, there's a lot of all these things that they would get done. And then first and foremost would absolutely be ca- keeping Tyron Matthew. But uh, the reality of it is, is that's just not the case. And and the Chiefs, you know, as we talked about, are going to have that same conversation. And, and Brett Veach even, you know, grouped up several of these guys in the same, you know, discussion. I mean, whether it's Tyron Matthew, whether it's Frank Clark, whether it's Traveris Ward, you can go on and on down the line. Um, the Chiefs are going to have some very difficult decisions to make salary cap-wise this offseason. It means that they can't have everything that they want. Tyron Matthew is probably one of those things that they can't have even though they want him. Uh, Frank Clark is probably one of those things that at a certain price, they'd like to have but once again i mean it comes down to what does frank want what does his agents want and if that doesn't line up with what the chiefs want then they're probably going to part ways there too see and now you went and made the third segment the second segment i like that you're moving the schedule up keeping me on track so that's what it comes down to just the fact that they're they're saying hey it could still be reworked it would have to be drastically significant i think that is obviously preparing not just the public but his agents for, yes, it has to be a significant, we're talking, you know, a 33% of what it exists at kind of level from where I'm sitting. Is that the message that you took away as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you know with Clark, you know, sitting at $26.3 million salary cap uh, number. I mean, as, 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 as Veach said, I mean, that's a big number. It's not something that the Chiefs can live with this year. Um, it's got a $19 million base salary. That's a big, that's how much of that cap hit is that base salary is that 19 million. And that's what's negotiable. And that's what there's going to have to be some movement on. And, and it's not going to, it's not an easy move necessarily. And, you know, and one thing that perhaps working in the chief's favor is obviously going to be that 
uh, Clark's off the field troubles will probably certainly affect his his value around the league, and that might be something that keeps the Chiefs in the hunt. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, certainly what we heard from Brett today. I mean, he said they're they're going to lay out what they can what they see as a deal with Clark. His agents will have a deal, and if they're close enough for it to work, then a deal will get done. And if they're not, then he, you know, it probably won't happen. Um, you know, I mean, he he said it's probably still a bit of a long shot, but it's not impossible. I envision that long shot being something like he's not going to have a market outside of this particular roster is my guess because of the legal issues. If you bring him back six, eight, something like that, obviously a drastic discount, but would you think that there would be interest there as a designated pass rushing type of option, not an every down player, somebody that, that just is able to concentrate on getting to the quarterback more? Yeah, that's what I, I think is interesting because you certainly would think that there's that, that whatever interest there is out and whatever market is out there for Frank Clark is probably going to be incentive laden. So yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs are willing to, you know, because of the relationship with him and 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 certainly what they have in place already, hey, if they're willing to go a little bit more on a base and you know and guarantee something to Frank that maybe he won't get elsewhere, maybe that makes it a little bit easier. But I can still even see in, in Kansas City that it's going to be pretty heavy with little incentives. And if he wants to make his money, I mean, he's going to have to earn it on the field. Yep. Uh, and that would probably be a, a, a smart contract. I mean, even, you know, the Chiefs, if, hey, if they get production out of Frank Clark in 2022 and, and they have to write him a check at the end of the season, I don't think they would be opposed to that if it meant that they got a productive Frank Clark. Yeah, I completely agree. How he produces is going to be the question. We're going to get into one topic that maybe we need to look eh, in a different angle here coming up next. These are the things that you got to get, whether it's a New Year's resolution, you just want to get fitter, or you want something that is healthier for you. These Built Bars are the way to go. And if you haven't tried the Puffs, they're the best tasting ones yet. They are all kinds of flavors covered in real chocolate. They're everything that you can want as a meal replacement or something that you can have on the go to supplement your calorie intake. They are low calorie, uh, usually 130 to 150. They're high fiber. They are low in sugar. Uh, low in carbs and really high in net protein. This one, I think, is 17 grams. There's a lot to like here. And everything that you get is a constant evolution of flavor. They're always coming out with something new, and it makes things easy in terms of trying something new. Right now, it's a white chocolate cookies and cream. It's the one that I'm waiting on delivery of. All you have to do to get in the action is go over to build.com and use our code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So I think there was one intrepid reporter that was in position to ask a question about a, a supposed front change in this defense, thanks to the, the new acquisition of D-line coach. Call it, um, who was that? And did that question get answered to your satisfaction? <laughs> yes, that was uh, one of my first questions for Andy Reid after I you know, asked him how his vacation was and you know, enjoyed his time off and everything. Um, it was, yeah, just asking with Joe Cullen coming in, the coach of the defensive line, and, and moving Brendan Daly to linebackers. Um, you get some experience there, yeah, working with a 3-4 defense. Is there is that any indication that Steve Spagnuolo was considering, you know, making some changes there as far as the defensive front? And, and Andy said, no, that wasn't the reason why that they made those moves. Um, it, and he certainly hinted that, hey, you know, Steve's going to use plenty of 3-4, you know, fronts. It's still going to be in the mix. It's going to be something that they show. It's going to be something that they do, um, but not necessarily a base change. I, I thought that you know, answer was interesting because I think it did indicate that while I think the Chiefs will certainly be a 4-3 defense in 22, I mean, that's what Steve Spagnuolo does. 
it's it's a it's a recognition that you know once again that sub packages are what the NFL is these days. And mm-hmm. just because you're a four three up front doesn't mean you're in a four three all the time. And Chiefs are probably going to continue to be in three four looks plenty of times. And maybe the coaching staff is an indication that that mix is going to be greater going forward. Um, but nope, no no wholesale changes on the defensive front. It sounds like. Well, we'll we'll knock on something because folks, it it opens up what this draft is because there are six off the top of my head value in terms of pass rushers. They're going to be available second, third, and fourth round that actually fit the 3-4 OLB role more than they fit a down DN role. That part I find very intriguing. And so, But in order for something to do that, do you feel like the, who they have on contract right now on the defensive front, does that allow them enough variability to play a three-man front more often? Or are we looking at acquisitions and maybe some draft picks that are in Indy with you right now? I mean, I think there's plenty of opportunities because, you know, we talked about it. I mean, there's a lot of question marks on that defensive front as far as, you know, the guys who are even not under contract, but even some of the guys who are under contract. I mean, there's no guarantees about who's going to be back. And that was one of the things that Andy Reid addressed specifically um, when he was asked, you know, as far as is this the same kind of rebuild on the defensive line that you did last season with the offensive line, where there's going to be wholesale changes and it's, and it's a you know a dedicated off season to beefing up that pass rush and and even though Reed didn't want to go there I mean he didn't want to slight any of the other positions and said hey there's other things that we got to do um, there's still clearly that that defensive line is going to be a focus and and whether that means I think it's certainly going to mean there's going to be new faces here are those free agent acquisitions well you know what I mean it's it, it's possible. Um, you know, Brett Veach, you know, indicated that they're probably not going to be big spenders early in free agency with the cap situation that they've got. So maybe they're going to be looking at some of the value opportunities that are out there amongst the veterans, maybe in the second and third waves. Um, but with their draft board, the way, you know, at, at least with the selections that they have, um, there's an opportunity to absolutely make some noise. And, you know, day two, especially where they've got some, you know, third round currency. And you talked about, I mean, that could be a, a really meaty part of the draft. And yeah, I mean, this team, I think the other thing to really consider is that there's going to be, a, I think, a little bit more turnover in the middle and bottom part of the roster because you've got a lot of guys whose contracts are up and, and guys like Derek Noddy and Dorian O'Daniels, you know, that they've relied on as being rotational pieces and special teams pieces that are going to be free agents. And that means that, hey, the guys that they draft this year are going to be replacing those guys. I think that's the way that it's got to go. I think there's a lot of opportunity to draft guys that get on the field, particularly on teams. But also in those spirals, those things that we don't see the Chiefs use that often, but are still nonetheless important on, on any given game day if you need to plan for a mobile quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I want to wrap with one other thing because as I listen to the pressers and we know how Coach Reed is, um, I, I feel like it is now a certainty that Byron Pingle will return on a one-year contract at the very least because the fact that Andy Reed put Byron Pringle's name and food in the same sentence and when Andy talks about food, I generally take that away as a positive. Yeah, it generally is. Yeah. So when he's talking about Byron Pringle and then and, and the potato chips, that's probably a good good connection. Um, yeah, hey, he pointed out he's a free agent. I mean, that was, you know, kind of what you have to do in a situation like this as a coach. But no, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the way that they the, the Chiefs talked about Byron Pringle, uh, Brett Veach talked about, about him too today. Um, there's a lot that the Chiefs like about the guy. And so, uh, I, once again, it's going to be down to cost. I mean, if there's another team out there that has fallen in love with, with Byron Pringle and are willing to throw a lot of money at him, 
that's going to make it a difficult decision for the Chiefs. But I, I think that's definitely one of the guys that they've developed that they they were they're counting on and they'd like to keep around. So uh, if you could just let PR know that I, all I need them to do is to have Coach Reed and Brett Beach eat some Pringles on camera when they're on for the comment, then I'll know what's going on and I can let everybody else know. So soon as you see some Chiefs videos with Pringles cans, yeah, you'll know something's up. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. I hope that you get out and, and see the town a little bit, you know, in the four minutes you have to spare. But thank you for getting with us and, and being our eyes and ears on the ground in Indy. Always a blast, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for watching today. We'll be back with you tomorrow.